Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place. I'm joined here, as always, by my co-hosts, Ben and Colin. And boys, do we have one hell of a week. Before, before we get into anything, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. It is fantasy football playoff season. And we have a bit this? of a rivalry. Can I, can I intro this? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? You go I, ahead. You I go should ahead. intro this. No, if you think about it. So yes, you should. We have two of the most overrated teams in the league, right up there okay. with Mr. Ali. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Didn't like that. Time out. That's just. I, I, I had my five seconds of fame. Bullshit! I'm the highest scoring team in the league. How is that overrated? Okay, whatever. I'll I'll stick only to the facts. We have Mr. Donovan Place and his rejuvenated squad, as he just added an injured Debo Samuel back to his squad to go along with a fading Ezekiel Elliott, a MVP candidate Aaron Rodgers, facing off against a also rejuvenated squad in Colin Hansel, who added back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a couple weeks ago, just got Kamara back this week. Um, he has my MVP, Tom Brady at QB. So a matchup of some real stars this weekend as the Freezy Freezer faces off with whatever Donovan's team name is. I'm sorry, I can't remember. You forgot to mention that Donovan has the di- fantastic running back duo of Elliot and Tony Pollard. Oh, I got I got half of it. I miss Pollard. He has it's Damian a great Harris strategy. Well. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta handcuff your backs. I mean. Yes. Well, I, I got – I have the perfect, like, running backs that are ranked, like, 20 through 30. Because I got Pollard, I got AJ Dillon, and I got Damian Harris. I don't have a running back too, but I would be loaded if we went like three running backs deep. Imagine- so AJ Dillon is an interesting strategy this week. So he's been pretty damn good. He is. I thought he would do a little bit better against the Bears, but I feel like um I feel like since Pollard didn't play last week, I feel like he'll get some touches this week. He's always he's always Kind of like the end zone guy for the Cowboys, at least recently. Imagine, no. sorry, I was just gonna say, imagine real quick where Donovan's running back situation would be had he not fleeced the Damien Harris for our or Robbie Anderson trade back in like August. Oh, well, I think that was before the season even started. You traded Robbie Anderson yes. for Damien Harris, and that yes, ended up. I am Damien Harris is not flashy, but he's been a guy that you've been able to trust all season. Yes, I I will go ahead and crown myself with trade of the year on that one. Uh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, what else would be the trade of the year, Ben? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I did steal Dante Foreman for, like, Alex Collins, and he's been a, like, three-week starter for me now. In fact, I think we're going to – I think I'm going to put out a Twitter poll on the uh, our, our Twitter page, at Tub Talk Sports. I'm going to say, do I start Deontay Foreman or Cole Beasley at Flex? Only reason I'm considering Beasley is because Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be out. So I have a tough decision to make there. Real, also, real, I have, I, you, you won't want to listen to my opinion, so I'm not even going to give it. Real I don't quick. know. Those could go either way. I'm going to go down the line match by matchup and give my unbiased, who I think is the winner. You guys can argue position by position. So we got Rodgers. Before, all right, wait, 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 hang, on, okay. hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Before, before we say anything, yeah. Colin. I think, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, I think whoever wins out of us is going to go on and win. I think money. so. Yes, and I'm terrified because 
this is usually when you tend to get hot. And I yeah. think I, whenever I lose in fantasy playoffs, it's always to you. I'm pretty sure. I did so, upset you. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but there was one year where I think you were the one seed and I upset you. Yep. Still, I, It still haunts me. I think DJ is a pretty good – DJ has loaded at running backs. Yes. So – but I did – I he did have a shit week last week, and I beat him pretty handedly. Yeah. And by about 40 he points. James Conner for whatever reason that was. Yeah, that's but, very – yeah, he does have Conner back. Okay, so we got Rodgers versus Brady. This is this is pretty close to even. I'm taking Brady in this one, but, I mean, if you look at him, Brady, Brady's averaging 23, Rodgers at 21. So it's – I'm taking Brady, but it's even. Kamara versus Zeke. Kamara's healthy. Kamara is, is an advantage here, especially with – I mean, Zeke has scored over 13 once in the last four weeks, so I'm giving it to Kamara. Um, RB2, I'm also giving this one to Clyde. I mean, since Clyde has returned from injury, 15, 11, and 19. And then Pollard obviously isn't the starter on his own team. So um, this is where Donnie grabbed his first win at wide receiver one. Obviously, Cooper Cup against Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's, I mean, he's number 11, but Cooper Cup is far and away the best. And then we get to wide receiver two. Another, Colin has a really good team. He wants me to pick him. I got to go Debo. I mean, he, look at Debo the last I couple weeks. I love Debo. Debo has only had three catches over his last three games, and he still That's has what I'm saying. 12. But imagine if he starts getting catches again. Imagine. Put him at running back. Rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He's the new Curtis Samuel. I don't know that, what you want me to do. That, that one is really close because even though um, Debo gets the rushing yards and the touchdowns, Deontay just gets insane amounts of targets. He does. He the last time he got, I'll say this: since week six, he's gotten under ten targets one time. Yeah. And he was against Chicago. Um, tight end. This one is close because if you just look at the names, like if you told me this matchup on week one, I don't. I would say who even is Pat Firemuth, and because obviously <laughs> Donovan has Darren Waller. I'm gonna pick Waller here now that he's back healthy. But Firemuth, the thing about Firemuth is he's also probably after um, Deontay Johnson, Ben's second favorite target. And he has scored touchdowns in like five of his last seven games. Yeah, and that's yeah. a Browns defense that Waller's facing that is missing a few starters on yeah, set. Yeah, so that's part I, – I think uh, Waller back from injury, what, how many games did he miss? He missed two. So There's a couple, yeah. There's, there's like three games a year where it's, it's the same thing with George Kittle and, and, and Travis Kelsey. There's three games a year where they just go absolutely ballistic. Kittle's yeah. in that stretch right now. I think we could see that out of, out of Waller this week. Well, and um, also, if it's a case where uh, Derek Carr just decides to throw the ball to Hunter Renfro 15 times again, uh, I'm officially putting Derek Carr in my graveyard. <laughs> and no one ever makes heavy. it back from my graveyard. Renfro has graduated from, like, start of the season, like, okay flex to now, like, legitimate wide receiver, too. Yeah. yeah. I hate it. Um, this defense. Defense, uh, I mean, Buffalo's got the better defense, but Arizona's facing Detroit. And actually, I believe Arizona's fantasy numbers have been better. No, Buffalo's been better. Buffalo's three, Arizona's four. I'm going to give it – I'm going to give it to Arizona, but this could also be a wash. This is strictly just matchup-based. And then lastly, Gold versus Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's got the victory in this one. forgot about the flex. You forgot the flex. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped the flex. It is Damien Harris versus – um, Foreman, but who did you say you were thinking about potentially starting instead? 
It's either Foreman or Beasley. I don't know. Well, right I'm, give, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Damian Harris, especially in a game against the Colts where uh, I could see both teams wanting to run the football. Pound so. the rock. So I don't know what the final score of that was, but there's your matchup breakdown courtesy of uh, last place finisher Ben Schmidt. It's going to be a close game. It's gonna be By a close the way, game. in our consolation matchup between me and Matt, the second to last team, we are we have decided to only start one player each. I am starting T. Higgins and he is starting Hunter Renfro. <laughs> My God. Hey, right I now, will say that is projected uh, to win by point four. This Damian Harris, I he got a little roughed up in the last game, did he not? And I I saw I mean his... he did. He did. I, I've been no checking questionable. The, I've been checking the reports. Look, I still have guys like AJ Dillon. Uh I I you wanna know who I'm about to put on my graveyard as speak uh alan robinson uh fuck that guy speaking of which all right can we just address the fact that i missed on all three of my first or my first three picks in the draft and i was still the league's number one score can i get like a gm of the year award i drafted zeke one he was a bust i drafted waller too early i mean what he's like tight end seven at this point and then Third round, oh, yeah, let me just pick up Allen fucking Robinson. You're like Belichick, who simply cannot draft a first-round player to save his life. You just absolutely nailed two of your picks. I nailed Cup. I nailed Debo. Those were both guys that I literally had, like, top three guys I wanted to get. Um, The other guy I wanted to get was uh, DeAndre Swift. I was hoping he would follow me in the second round, but he did not. God, I mean, I took Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I still think, like, if healthy, it's still a decent pick. But Mixon went one pick before, and if I could have got Joe Mixon, I I could have been, like, one of the lowest scorers to maybe one of the highest scorers with all the time that Edwards-Alaire has missed. But I, I don't know. I, I still like my Camara pick. I got – uh, Allen and Deontay Johnson right in a row. Those two have been fantastic for me. Both top. Who are the Rams playing this week? Do we know? It's because I know because I know OBJ's out. Yeah, Seattle and Seattle. Okay, cup couple get some couple more targets. Do you want to go into uh, the games this week a little bit? I think instead of doing the games, I think we're just going to go strictly kind of playoff matchups or. I think we'll do playoff picture, not playoff uh, matchups. I think we'll start with the AFC. We'll start with the right now, the four division winners. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start with the AFC playoff picture. We'll start with the four teams leading their divisions New England, Tennessee, Casey, Baltimore. I don't know about you guys, but I, pre- I see these four teams end up being the top four seeds in the FC. Do you guys agree? I don't know about uh, Baltimore. That's the one that I probably don't see. And that's because they now have to face Green Bay, go to Cincinnati, and they got to play the Rams. And honestly, right now, I can't really see them winning any of those three. I can see them winning it, but I don't think that they will. Um, With the way that they've been playing, Lamar's been a little roughed up. And I don't know. Cincy has been – they just lost to – what was it? The Niners, but I still think since he has shown that they're a legit team and I think they can go on the road and win a game. Yeah. That's the only one for me. I mean, they very easily could, but like you asked the question, do we think those are going to end up as the top four? That's the only one where I really, 
I'm hesitant for a second because Patriots right now have a two game lead and the tiebreaker. So even if the Patriots lose to Buffalo in Foxborough next weekend, there's still a pretty decent shot that, that New England hangs on and wins the division. And then if you look at the other ones as well, uh, Chiefs and Chargers is a close one, especially with their matchup tomorrow night. But I think the Chiefs are playing great defense and haven't even been playing great to offense. That's what really scares me with the Chiefs. If they really start to turn on on offense, this is a team that could find themselves back in the Super Bowl. So I think they grab a win tomorrow. I think it'll be really competitive, but I think they grab a win and pretty much lock up the AFC West. And then uh, Titans pretty much got the South taken care of. But if you look at the North, you've already hit on a lot of it. Any four of those teams, if they went on the run over the next four games, could capture it because there's a lot of like head-to-head where um, it's, it was split, like Browns and Ravens split or one team was won one game and they still have to play the second one. So there's plenty of opportunity in that division for teams to leapfrog each other. I know right now it's Cincinnati and Baltimore at the top, but I mean, if Pittsburgh plays anywhere near like they did the second half of that Thursday night game, they could win a couple and, and find themselves back in it. And, and same with the Browns. They, they looked really good in that first half against Baltimore. So um, Ravens right now still have to be the favorite, but they are really banged up and they've had a lot of close ones go their way. So if they have a couple of those that don't go their way down the stretch and Cincinnati takes advantage, I, I think we really could see Cincinnati grab the AFC North title if they get a really tough win in Denver this week. And I think that is one of their, their – I, I honestly think that might be a harder matchup than their home date with Baltimore in the future just because winning in Denver, especially late in the season, is, is a pretty hard place to play. And we've seen Denver, when they play defense and control the clock, they, they can win football games. So um, – even though Baltimore is a much better team than Denver, I think this is Cincinnati's toughest test out of the last four coming this Sunday. Yeah, and I'm not giving up on Buffalo just yet. Um, Donovan, I'll let you talk about them, but they did look great in that second half against Tampa. Um, they almost came all the way back. And if they are able to go into Foxborough and steal a win on the 26th, they can still win this division because their other three games are Atlanta, New York, and the Panthers. So I think Buffalo still has a very realistic shot, despite being two games back. Um, but I, there's a very um, possible way that they can go 4-0 here. Yeah. Um, as a Buffalo fan, I'll tell you this. Um, winning the division obviously would be great, but I don't think that'd be the Buffalo's best idea. Buffalo is not built for a Buffalo home game with all that weather. They cannot run the ball. They cannot stop running the ball. We've seen it. We've seen it the last handful of weeks, whether it was the Patriots, the Bucks, or the Colts. We're just getting run all over. I am more than okay going on the road and having to play a team potentially like Tennessee, potentially New England that they would have already played in at the time, or maybe a team like Baltimore. I'd feel a lot more comfortable uh, being on the road to play one of those teams against maybe having to host a home game against the Colts again or something like that. I hate to break That's it. That's the way. It, it, those places all will still be pretty damn cold. Uh, New England. No, I, 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 I know that. I don't think there's a fair weather team that's going to make it except the Chargers. And they're obviously in a dome. Yeah. Um, but – the way I see it is that I'm okay with with getting maybe a, a f- one of those five, six, seven seeds. Um, I do think the Patriots are good. I think they're legit. My only thing with the AFC is right now you have New England one, Tennessee two, Kansas City three, Baltimore four. We, you guys already kind of touched on Kansas City. I agree. Um, all 
all the four teams in the AFC North have tough games um, coming up. They have tough schedules to finish out the year. The easiest team might be Pittsburgh, and I don't think Pittsburgh's winning the AFC North. Um, so I'm going to go with Baltimore winning the AFC North, but I think the seeding at the end of the at the end of the season will be Tennessee one, Ooh. Kansas City two, New England three, Baltimore four, and then in the wild card I'll have Buffalo five, Colts six, Chargers seven. I'll tell you what. I was going to say, Tennessee can get uh, Derrick Henry back for maybe the San Francisco game on the 23rd. I know that's pretty yeah. soon, but uh, if they can get him back by then before the Niners and the Dolphins, I also I also agree that they could easily get that one seed. Who? How many? Because yeah. the Patriots have four losses. How many losses do the Titans have right now? Four. four. Okay, the so they have Patriots. The same, okay. Patriots, yeah, Titans, and Chiefs are all nine and four. I know the Patriots right. have the tiebreaker, obviously, because they had yeah. the headwind. But I was thinking that the that the Titans were lost behind, so that makes a lot more sense. Because when you first had the Titans jumping the Patriots, I was thinking that I couldn't see the Patriots losing twice and the Titans winning out. But um, yeah. especially if the Bills go into Foxborough and get a win, which they they've shown they've been able to do at least last year, um, I, I I can see how that would be possible. It's I'm just it was crazy because when they first lost Henry. They were still able to win. They won, they won the game in LA against the Rams, but I just don't feel as good about them now as I did a couple weeks ago. There's their running back, whoever they rotate in between, whether it be Foreman or Hilliard, it's just not that effective. I mean, they're starting to figure out a little bit, but they they really need Henry back because Tannehill hasn't shown me a whole lot that that I can trust him. Yeah, and he hasn't had his top target either in AJ Brown. So when you're putting that much uh, on his shoulders. For a quarterback that we don't regard as like a top, a top uh, ten to twelve quarterback, when you're without your top target and the load is on you like that, you're right. It's really tough. I will say though, um, if you you want to you want to every NFL team always says about getting healthy and hot at the right time. There's a very if all goes right, this if all goes right, where they could be heading into the first or second round, whether they get that buy or not, having just brought back Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio, all three had just returned. So there there's a chance there, and and that's. That's the team that's really, really scary. And we haven't talked about it much, but that defense is so much better than we thought it'd be, mm -hmm. mainly just because they're able to generate a really good pass rush. Jeffrey Simmons has been huge. Jeffrey yes. Simmons could be a pro bowler. Yeah. So it's it, the AFC is so interesting compared to the NFC, which we'll get to, because the NFC is top heavy. But if you look at the bottom, those teams fighting for the wild card, they're not really that good, and they're probably not teams that you, you see um, potentially fighting for contention. But, like, you look at the wild card in the AFC, it would not surprise me whatsoever if a Chargers or a Bills goes and wins multiple playoff games on the road. So it's 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 a, such an interesting conference. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, it seems like all the teams who are up there in the AFC right now are teams that have been there before, except for maybe New England. Um, I know Belichick has, but Mac Jones hasn't. Um and, I mean, a lot of that offense is completely new. So, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up the production offensively. You're, um, you're forgetting about Super Bowl wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, but you're, I, I, I totally understand your point, especially with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of young uh, skill position players. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what? Give me your guys' playoff picture. If it season – if – What's your prediction for the end of the season? I would say. 
I I have New England sticking at one. Um, sorry, Donovan. I think New England gets a win over Buffalo uh, next next weekend or whenever that is, and rides that into a one seed, which is which is scary. Um, I think I think there's a shot that that Kansas City jumps into the two spot. Uh, I if you just look at it, if Kansas City gets past tomorrow, there's a shot that they finish out. What they were three and five, and that would that would finish them out at eleven and twelve and five. So, um, no, they have four losses. Yeah. So they were four. three and four, and then they okay, um, and then that would have Titans three and. The Titans have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. That's the thing. When I was looking at the Titans' upcoming schedule, I think the Titans can win. They don't play anyone. So I see the Titans winning three out of four. Um, I don't know what it what it that 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 seedings, whatever. I'm more trying to think about I want Cincinnati to win that division so bad, but (laughs) it's gonna come down to that matchup. I'm gonna say the Bengals take the AFC North because I think they I think they capture a huge win this weekend in Denver and then beat the Ravens at home against a really banged up Ravens, especially secondary. If Joe Burrow is on, we could see Joe Burrow throw for 300 yards on that Ravens defense and three touchdowns. So. Yep. Yeah. I see my, the, those are my division winners. I see the winner of the North getting nine wins, honestly, because I think Baltimore wins one They're of going to beat up on each other. They are. Yeah. Um, and the way things are trending with Cleveland right now, I don't, this is not a homer in me because I'm totally against them right now, but I don't see them beating the Raiders this weekend um, with um, possibly 11 starters out. I don't see them beating Green Bay, and I think they would lose one of two to Cincy and at Pittsburgh. So I don't know. The, it's going to be a tough road for Cleveland to make the playoffs, uh, and I think I'm going to take Cincy to win against Baltimore, which would win them the division. So – I'm also going to stick with the Tennessee, Kansas City, New England. I'm going to take Cincy to win the division. I have the Chargers, Colts, and Baltimore as oh, – oh, you know what? I forgot Buffalo. Yeah, the, you, you did forget about Buffalo, you, you're you really motherfucker. Making, nah, but I think Buffalo is going to make the playoffs. So who do I leave out here? Look, I didn't have the Bengals. But I told you uh, when, they, when it was the Chargers, Bengals, whoever wins that game. I think is going to be a playoff team. And the okay, other one isn't. I, I like the Colts a lot and I think they are a playoff team, but if it comes down to them in Baltimore with nine wins, Baltimore is a tiebreaker. So maybe the Colts for me are the team that gets left out. And that's just not because of them. That's just because of their tough schedule yeah. and how deep the conference is. That tough schedule for them at the start and the fact that they lost more of those games than they won is going to really come back to hurt them. I believe Donovan, didn't you coming into the season say you had the Colts starting like one and five and then rattling off a bunch of wins to get in contention? I mean, that's almost I mean, exactly they're tough for the schedule. If you look at their beginning of the season schedule, it was, it rough. was insanely tough. Yeah, you all you don't know you almost never see it stacked up like that. It was Seattle, which okay, they ended up being a little fraudulent. But it's, but then it's it September was, Russell Wilson. Right. So Seattle, it was LA, it was at Tennessee. They won at Miami and then they lost at Baltimore. So yeah, that was a tough road. And the Baltimore one, they win that if they don't get a field goal blocked late in the fourth quarter. Exactly. So. Yeah, All right, let's move uh, over. Just quick alert. We got the tornado sirens going off here in Iowa. We've had Ooh. might be heading to I know very exciting. We're finally getting some action. Now. No storm chasing. Seriously. I, 
you know, this is they had to push back our final. I, by the way, um, I know this isn't football related, but congrats on rounding out the semester, boys. Oh yeah, um, clap it up. We deserve it. We deserve it. We're Pat all on the back. The break Pat on the back. Ooh. Which means we get to start recording in person again sometimes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are we Are we going on any vacations this uh, break, boys? I am not. Absolutely not. I awesome. believe. You usually go to like California, don't you? Or not this winter? Uh, okay. Nothing this winter. Okay. Yeah, I don't. The only, I uh, potentially a weekend in Minnesota in January, but that's only if my parents can buy into the repeated asking to go to Vikings Bears, which if both teams are eliminated by then, then probably not because what's the point? Yeah. And they're, they're definitely listening to this right now saying there's no chance for spending. 400 bucks on tickets which is totally Wouldn't they get a lot cheaper if they were both out of the playoffs yeah but do we really want to drive up there to watch a meaningless game between no kirk cousins and andy Dalton once justin oh. fields gets killed behind that horrible o-line again who oh, wouldn't who wouldn't yeah. want to see that yeah no i'm i'm giving it about a 10 percent chance because i mean if i the more i think about it the less i would want to spend money on those tickets so we'll see do i school mm-hmm. chance I'd be all in. I'm definitely going to get a text about this. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I know you're listening to this right now. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the NFC. Um, I think, like Ben mentioned, really top-heavy. I think it's a similar situation where um, the four teams that are winning the division may have it locked up. You can make a case for the Wild Wild West, um, but let me hear you guys' thoughts. How do you think? season's going to end in the nfc i think three out of four of these are locked up uh no real debate there especially after how things went this previous weekend where uh green bay green bay grabs another victory they they believe i think in clinch the nfc north again this weekend with with uh either it's either a win or a win and a vikings loss they can clinch the nfc north um the south tampa bay is in the driver's seat it's saints just don't have a quarterback at the moment so um, it's, it's Tampa Bay all the way there. And then with the NFC East Cowboys faltered a little bit and Washington went on a run, but the head to head win in Washington, I don't see any way while Dallas, let's just division lead, lead go. And then finally in the West, which you talked about the really only one up for debate. I thought this one was on wraps because Arizona kept winning and the Rams were tra- trending the opposite direction, but the Rams figured it out on Monday and looked really damn good. And if they play anywhere near that in their upcoming games, especially if they don't win the division, that's a team that could very easily go into Dallas in the wild card round and then beyond that and, and, and knock off a good football team. So I, I think three out of four are pretty much on lock and we'll get to the wild cards because there's a couple good ones there, but uh, the West with the Rams being a game back and having them split their head-to-head matchups, there's, there's a shot there that they overtake Arizona, which based on how Arizona's played at home may end up being better for the Cardinals. Yes, it's wild how uh, much how many, I think they've lost all three games at home, yeah? Correct. And they, they so. could have had four if Greg Joseph makes a 37-yard field goal. But I'll let yeah. that go. That, that's odd, but it is a good sign that they're able to go on the road and win. Um, you're right. The Rams have finally, um, at least the past week or two, played to their potential. Matthew Stafford is back to being what we thought he'd be. And Matty Ice and Cooper Cup's still the best receiver in football this year by a long shot. It's in, it's incredible what he's able to do on a week-to-week basis. I mean, he hasn't had a bad week 
this year and he still continues to top out at like 120 yards every week you better you better knock on wood you son of a bitch i yeah no i'm not walking i'm i hope i'm jinxing it because i'm playing against him this weekend um but god damn it the rams are back um dallas they had a, almost a scary moment there with washington where they started to come back but washington is not going to win that division Really, the only thing I'm we're looking at here in the NFC now is we kind of know like which teams are legit, which teams are whatever. But the we're really looking at seeding with those top four, um, top four or five, and then we're we have a big like six, seven, excuse my language, but clusterfuck of teams that aren't very great. That one of them is going to get in the playoffs. Yes, and I can't wait. Minnesota. No, oh, yeah. Last <laughs> year we had the NFC beast, and this year we have. The somehow the Falcons, Saints, Eagles, Washington. the the shitty I, seven spot. I Don't think that something like that. I was just gonna. I think that spot is coming down to um, Washington, Philly, and Minnesota. I don't think the Fal- the Fal- yeah. the Falcons have to be like the worst six and seven team I've ever seen because I, when they have, anytime they played legitimate competition, they have played horrible. But yet they swept Carolina. They took advantage of games against like Jacksonville and Miami when they were bad. And it's that it's insane that they are six and seven and there's other teams who are the same record or worse when I, I know Atlanta is just not that good. Yeah. And I have a feeling Philly is going to end up having a chance and blowing it in uh classic and they played Dallas in the last week and, you know, Dallas yeah. isn't going to have it. So I, to, for me, it's between Washington and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting out Seattle just yet um, because they do have Russell Wilson and they were expected to be a playoff caliber team. Uh, they did just beat San Francisco. They have a chance to really go make a statement against Los Angeles. Um, and they don't have much to lose. So I expect that to be a really good game. And they still get Chicago and Detroit. So Seattle definitely has a path as well. The thing is, because um, I don't necessarily know Washington's schedule, I know they play Dallas again in Dallas, and I believe do they still play the Eagles twice. Yeah. So that could end up helping Minnesota if they were to split and kind of just hurt each other. The thing with the Vikings is they absolutely have to sweep Chicago, which is nothing easy whatsoever because they simply can't play football at Soldier Field, regardless how good or bad their team is. So. Um, they have to sweep the Bears. They're a better team than the Bears. It's just whether they can show up. And then the, the road to Minnesota, because nine wins, there's a decent shot that gets you in at nine and eight. That means Minnesota beating one of Rams at home or Green Bay on the road, which are both very tough games. Um, Zimmer, for whatever reason, is, has kind of found a way to bring it against Stafford these last couple of years. Um, but both of those games, Minnesota has to win one. I don't know if I'm picking them to win one. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough test, uh, especially if it comes down to where they lose to the Rams and then are putting their hopes in winning in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Now that you say Green Bay, um, that I just want to talk about one thing real quick. I would probably call Green Bay the best team in football right now if it wasn't for goddamn special teams. They yeah. have to have the worst special teams in football. The Bears would have lost by 30 to 40 if it wasn't for them dominating them on special teams. Um, It is, it's bad. And it's like, I noticed it in the Los Angeles game. I mean, they didn't fumble it or anything, but, or they didn't lose any fumbles, but I noticed it there. And last week it was atrocious. They have got to get it figured out on that side of them. They're inconsistent in the kicking department too, with Mason Crossbar. 
Yep. So, the the only consistency they really had is their punter, which they got from the Rams. Uh, he's been pretty good, except for he shanked one against the Bears. But I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I know his name. It's like the is it Bohorquez? Yeah. I'm, yeah. He was on I, the Bills. Yeah. Oh, was Corey he? Bohorquez. He was the Bills punter last year. Oh, oh my god. He's been all over. Oh yeah. Um, but my thing is the Cardinals have a really tough schedule coming up, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a take I've I've said out loud very much. I just haven't been sold on the Cardinals. The Cardinals commit way too many penalties. I feel like they've just been – they've gotten lucky in some situations. I see them as a team that's just all around a little better than the Ravens, and I think the Ravens – are the luckiest team in football. That's how I see the Cardinals. I think their loss against L.A. is going to come back to hurt them because L.A. has an easier schedule um, coming up. Um, so I think the Rams just have an easier schedule than the Cardinals do. I think the Rams end up winning the division, um, which has my NFC division winners at Green Bay 1, Tampa 2, Rams 3, Cowboys 4, and the Wild Cards. I have Rams five, Niners six. And then for the that that seven spot, man, who I don't like any of the teams. I mean, Washington and Philly play twice. That screams a split. And then both teams after that have to play the Giants and Cowboys one more time. And I think they both split those games. Um, Atlanta, as you mentioned, I'm not sold on. New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback. I don't see really out of the any other teams getting in as you guys no, I'm not a fan of Seattle by any bit. So if I had to pick a team, I'm going um, by default, but mostly because I love our guy. I'm going Washington, man. I think I think Washington, even though their defense has played better recently, but they've been bad throughout the season. Um, I think they sneak in, and I want to see my boy Taylor Heineke in another playoff game. And I would love to see Taylor Heineke beat up on Dak. Prescott, because I tweeted it out on Sunday. I tweeted it out on Sunday. The Cowboys are convinced Dak Prescott isn't hurt. Yeah, but he's... And it sure as hell looks like he's playing like he's hurt. So if yeah. Dak Prescott is not hurt, is Dak Prescott overrated? Ah, uh, it's it's tough. I I don't think he's... I don't think he's overrated because of like, I think he's playing how I expect him, but I think a lot of the media, just because he's on the Cowboys really overhypes him and kind of overrates him, especially when the team is succeeding. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call him overrated. He's, he has a a great weapons around him and he has no excuse to play poorly. So if he really is dealing with a bug, then I understand it. But you're right. He he just has not played very good football as of late. Well, well, since the Cooper Rush game, since the Cooper Rush game, he's came back. He's played six games. They're three and three, and his touchdown to interception radio ratio is like eight to six in six games. That's a pick a game and a little over a touchdown a game. And a guy who, I mean, I think we even said it last year, go get your money, man. You're worth it. I don't think he's living up to the money. He has way too many weapons, and let's be honest, a bad division in a top-heavy conference. I think if you look at back to some of their losses, 
They should have easily beat the Raiders. Um, they should have beat the Broncos. I mean, it w- that game was well utterly I'll, crazy. I'll give him a pass um, a little bit for the what, Raiders and Kansas City game because he was without C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. It's fair, but. I, 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 I'm not sold on the Cowboys. I, we keep saying the NFC's top heavy, but I half the teams I'm not I don't love. I don't love the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are overrated. Um, I haven't liked them all year. I think I think they're just a better version of the the, the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the luckiest team in football. Um Okay, but know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'd absolutely love to see. If Green Bay is able to get the one seed, um, and let's say Tampa gets the two, we could potentially get a Taylor Heineke Tom Brady rematch in the first round of the playoffs. We could have Washington going to Tampa Bay. Um, it'd be a foot oh, from I'd love it. Oh, I'd I love it. I would too. Um, but I, I really don't I I project both Washington and Minnesota to finish eight and seven. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be. And one last point, you mentioned Dallas. Um, I agree. I don't. I think they're a, li- a little bit overrated. I'm not sold on them at all, um, based on how they played, at, at least since their bye week. And although I, their defense, I think is regressing a little bit back towards the mean. But Micah Parsons, I think, yes. in defensive player of the year, it's got to be either him or Miles Garrett. I, I, I think he can. We're losing you a little bit. Ben, is it me or is it? No, it's Donovan. Okay. Donovan is just staring at us. There's the Donovan Wi-Fi experience I was waiting on. Yeah. Um, um, but basically, uh, Micah Parsons, I've yet to see in my time watching football a rookie have this great of a season on defense. If Michael – or if uh, – not why can I not Miles Garrett? Sorry, I could want to say Michael Garrett. If Miles Garrett wasn't having also one of the best seasons and potentially on pace to break the sack record, it would be Micah Parsons' runaway defensive player of the year easily. Um, I think now at least there's a discussion between him and Garrett, but man, has he been special, especially for a guy who was fantastic at Penn State but didn't play in 2020, so there was just a slight amount of uncertainty. No. I think that's going to wrap up our NFL segment. I think we're going to move over uh, to Colin. Colin, lead us in what's happening in hoops. Just give us a quick quick uh, rundown. Gotcha. Um, so big news this week in the NBA. Um, there's two things. There's one is the COVID. The COVID has made a crazy return. and Tons of guys across the NFL and NBA are testing positive. We've seen a lot of guys being held out. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really affecting – it's taking away a lot of the stars. I'm just glad this year we're not having – at least, yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but we haven't really had any injuries to major stars. I know we haven't seen Zion yet, but um, we're dealing with the COVID right now. We probably will be up until um, after New Year's. Uh, but – how about Steph Curry, Ben and Donovan? Uh, I don't know if you watched, but yesterday Steph Curry broke the all-time three-point record um, against a new. It was in Madison Square Garden. 
And that's just ironic because the Knicks are the team that wanted Steph, and then Steph broke the record. And guys, he, this is, I, I don't think this record will ever be broken. Do you think so? No, if, not at if all. it is, it won't be for a long, long time. I think there is a slight chance just because the game has moved into players learning how to shoot the three pointer from the time that they can they can touch a basketball. So that's kind of more focused on. But will anyone probably have the same like ability as Steph? No, not even close. So probably not. And even if it is, it's going to be for a long, long time. But that was a really, really special moment because you don't get a whole lot of those where. Uh, a player does something like that and then kind of just everyone kind of stops to celebrate it and appreciate what has just happened. And that's kind of what, what went on last night. I mean, he, he went over and, and with all his teammates and his coaches and was hugging them. He gets the ball from Steve Kerr, the one that the three pointer, and then he goes over and hugs his mom and dad and gives the ball to his dad, Dale Curry. So that was awesome. And then later hanging out with uh, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen, they all got the Jersey. So it was just a really sick moment. And the, the way that they had it all set up to kind of have the celebration once it happened, was really, really well done. And the fact that it was on national TV on TNT was also really cool because had he broken it the night before in Indiana, I mean, that game was only being televised to the, the Bay Area and people in Indiana. So I, I, I'm glad that it happened when it did. I'm also glad it's over because now, like, we don't have to focus as much on that. Um, but I, it was really, really cool when it happened. Yeah, and I mean, this – I he broke Ray Allen's record and before Steph came in the league, everyone regarded Ray Allen was the greatest shooter of all time. Now everyone knows it's Steph. Steph broke the record in damn near just over half the games uh, that Ray Allen had played to get his record. Um, it's insane. We could be seeing, he's going to be the first ever to hit 3000 three pointers. I think by the end of his career, he'll have over 4,000, he could reach 5,000 three-pointers made by the time his career is done, which is absurd. Shooters age well. I mean, he could be playing when he's 40 and just be a, off the bench, get it, pop it. Seriously, because shooting sticks. I mean, it, you oh, see, yeah. we've seen tons of guys just turning the spot-up shooters late in their career. Carmelo Anthony right now is really just a three-point shooter. Uh, but – yeah, I mean, you got other guys in the league like Harden, maybe Lillard, that could also surpass Ray Allen's mark. But I don't think we're going to see anybody, at least in the next few generations, come close to uh, this Steph record. I mean, it is absurd what he's doing and the rate that he's doing it. Yes, yes. I, I, I just want to know what's your guys' opinion on. Would Ray Allen let, – let's say, let's say they flipped. Let's say they flipped career wise because when Ray Allen at least played and at least for the first three quarters of his career there obviously the three-pointer wasn't as used as much so if Steph Curry played back then being a better shooter I think we can agree and if Ray Allen was playing in today's day and age do you think Ray Allen would outshoot Curry Oof. That's a I think I think he absolutely would I think if it wasn't because he started in the late 90s and he went through the Bucks. He went through the Celtics. He went through the, uh, the Heat, obviously, the Supersonics too. Um, I they just didn't shoot as much. They just didn't. They didn't. I, I and with the and with the the Warriors and their when they when they started. I mean, when they as soon as they got Steve Curry, it was Clay. It was Curry, and they were just popping it forty times a game. I think if you gave Ray Allen 
20 or like how many threes does Curry shoot a game? Probably like what, 12, 12 to 15, somewhere in that range. That's probably a safe bet. So I get, if, I get your point. Yeah. It's just a little hard. It's hard for me to just make a decision because I, the, my memory of Ray Allen, especially someone who didn't really start watching the NBA because since I didn't have a team, it's someone who didn't really start watching until like maybe 2013. I really only remember Ray Allen, the heat, the spot up three point shooter, much less than Ray Allen, like the really damn good basketball player. That wasn't just a three point early three point shooter from earlier in his career. So I, from what I've seen um, during the earlier parts of his career, it wasn't just a three pointer out of Ray Allen. And that's why, like, I don't necessarily know if I can make a determination because I've seen Steph's whole career. I've barely, I barely saw Ray Allen. Yeah. I'm a Ray Allen supporter. I'm just going to throw that out there. I love Ray Allen. When Ray Allen was in um, Seattle uh, in his prime, I mean, he was an outstanding scorer. Um, I mean, it was him and uh, Richard Lewis. Yeah, he he was outstanding. I mean, averaging about 25 points a game when he was, um, when the pace of play was a lot slower than it is now is incredible. Uh, I just, I I cannot say that Ray Allen, because I Ray Allen was not um, quite the ball handler that Steph is. I think no, that's fair. Has, uh, I think Steph has... Um, the ability to create his own shot better than Ray Allen did. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it's just tough to say because I obviously didn't watch Ray Allen when he was in his prime. I don't know exactly how he moved, and um, I'm sure my opinion would differ a little bit. But, I mean, there was um, – I mean, I'm looking at right now. There was a good stretch where he was averaging uh, seven to eight three-point attempts a game. Yeah. Uh, I think Steph earlier in his career when he was only shooting um, – when he was sh- I, even when he was shooting like seven, eight a game, I mean, his three-point percentage was more efficient. He was more in the 45% range. So I would say Steph would still be the better shooter because, I mean, there's no evidence really otherwise. Um, and just the way you can create a shot and how effortlessly he can – make it look, I'm going to go with Steph Curry, would still be the greatest shooter of all time. Let me throw this out real quick. Two-parter, two-parter. One, do you think Clay breaks Ray's record? And B, who's the better shooter, Clay or Ray? Clay or Ray? I'm, going, I'm going Ray, um, as good as Clay Thompson is. And the, as a, the record question, I don't know what, they're, what Clay is on in terms of his pacing, but um, I think the couple of years that Clay missed is going to come back to hurt him. Yeah. And well, also fair. not being the number one. Sh- I mean, because even though Ray Allen in, in like the prime Boston years was playing with Garnett and Paul Pierce, when you needed a three pointer, Ray Allen's taking the three, where in Clay's case, Steph Curry's mm-hmm. taking that shot. And then even Kevin Durant, too, when, when KD was there for the three seasons. Oh, and imagine Ray Allen. Um, playing in the system that Clay has played in uh, with Golden State. I mean, that is the perfect system for him. Um, I, I was so- joking watching the, the game yeah. last night where uh, I think I think Ray kind of wants to suit up and just kind of go toe-for-toe against Clay. <laughs> and make sure no one else passes him. Exactly. Hey, you could probably throw him out. I, I did see Ray Allen in, uh, in person back in uh, – right. 
God damn, Jesus look, Shuttlesworth. It was just this past summer. You looked in, you looked to be in good shape. Uh, maybe he could hit down. three to four games. Maybe slim down a little bit. You know, he's taking a lot of family time. You know, some Disney vacations. Exactly. You know, he's getting a snow cone. You know, he's just enjoying life right now. I witnessed him eating a snow cone. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you could probably suit up there, stand in the corner, and drill a couple threes a night still. Yep. Um, also with basketball, uh, there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, the success of the Chicago Bulls this year, um, they are dealing with COVID right now, and they had to postpone two of their games. But they are sitting at the two seed in the East right now. There's still a ton of season left, and they could still end up in the six-ish range that we expected. But, man, the Chicago Bulls have been fantastic this year. Ben, I'll let you talk about them a little bit since you're more of the Bulls fan. But <laughs> – the additions that they made in the offseason have proved to be terrific so far. They won all out this offseason, and it's so far been seems like it's worth every penny. I mean, they they had to pay the price of what a second round pick for the tampering things with Lonzo, but I think to get like a, their first real point guard in like five or six years, I, I think the Bulls would do that again if if needed. So they got they get Lonzo who's added the kind of the facilitator role and, and still has shot the three ball lights out along with his defense. So Rosen, who Bleacher Report said was the worst move of the offseason, has been uh, the best the best player on the Bulls team. And then obviously you already had Levine and Vucevic there. So it's a very formidable, at least four out of your starting five. It really sucks. Um, a couple games recently, they beat the Nuggets, but then went on to lose to the Cavs. And I can't remember who else um, because of COVID issues where the Bulls really had this big COVID outbreak. It started with DeRozan and, the, and then it really, they got all the way to the point where they were barely going to have enough active players to play the two games. So NBA ended up postponing um, back-to-back games against the Pistons. And I can't remember the second team. Um, so they will resume play on Sunday, but that's not the big point. Even though I wanted to hit on that, just how, how well they have meshed together. Uh, DeRozan and Levine have a very real chemistry um, Levine with the ball in his hands, obviously, you know what you're able to do, what he has been able to do. But then with DeRozan this year, he has been fantastic, especially with, with mid-range jumpers. I say this all the time as a joke. I mean, I, I can't remember seeing DeRozan miss a mid-range shot because no. it just seems like it, it, he has been deadly from that range this year. And he's one of the best in the league this year in terms of scoring. I believe he's top five or top ten in points per game at like 26 or something. So he has been a fantastic addition. And this is a, a team that's – they. I mean, they went out They went out west and beat both the Clippers and Lakers in Staples Center along with Denver in Denver. And then – Crypto. They, crypto Center. I'm sorry. It was Staples Center at the Not time. The Bulls, the Bulls beat them into changing their name. <laughs> They beat the Nets twice already, once at Chicago and once in Brooklyn. They won in New York, I believe, twice already. So this is a team that's beaten good teams in their house and in Chicago. So that's what should scare a lot of people. I mean, I I think the Bulls can beat anyone except for the 76ers because for whatever reason, they cannot figure out Joel Embiid. It could be Joel Embiid, a bunch of scrubs, and I would still pick the Sixers because they always lose to the Sixers. And I mean, Joel Embiid. He's not a terrific defensive center. No. It's always known for, but and I mean Vucevic is still. I know he gets he takes a lot of shit. He's kind of like he's almost a scapegoat for the Bulls at times, but um, he's still a very quality when, player. When he's hot, he's a he's a very good center. Yeah, especially offensively. Yeah, um, and his ability to move the ball around. He's unselfish. Um, and when he can, when he's when he's doing the dirty work, grabbing boards and making the right passes, he's very effective in that offense. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, the defensive guards, Alonzo and Caruso and all those guys, it's it's very fun to watch. And if they can continue to get 
um, a little bit of bench production um, from the younger guys like Ayo Desumu, um, Patrick Williams when he comes back, maybe even Kobe White. I'm still not sold on him, but it, there's potential there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, they could they could be dangerous. I think they're going to get a five seed right now. I'd probably see Miami, Philly, and uh, especially Milwaukee passing them. But around that four or five range, man, that's setting up for uh, at least uh, a, a potential for a playoff series win, which would be a massive success in Chicago. Without a doubt. And I think Billy Donovan has done a really nice job there um, taking over after leaving Oklahoma City. I had some doubts, um, but he is, he has been very, he's been very well at a bunch. You bring in a bunch of new pieces and it's just as important to get them to mesh as it is um, to actually getting the pieces. And he has seen like so far that he's done a good job of that. It's glad to see Jim Boylan not coach the Bulls. He sucked. That was, (laughs) that was a high school coach coaching an NBA team. All right, guys, it's time. It is time. Oh my goodness! I cannot. Who wants wait. who who wants to, to talk about our brand new segment? It's all Colin. It, this was his. This idea. could be. This could Colin. be a thing that we bring back every few weeks because um, the opinions on Kirk Cousins change forever changing. Yes, forever changing. Um, based on the Viking success. Uh, Briar, get your ass in here. We're, oh bringing, boy. we're bringing a second Vikings fan onto the show. A special guest. It is time for to Kirk or not to Kirk. Let's go. All right. We got two Vikings fans here, a Bills fan and a Raiders fan. I think um, me and Donovan are going to be the most unbiased here. I think Ben might be – I don't know. You guys could have a little more uh, – What? what's the word I'm looking for? You could be pessimist. I mean, the Vikings uh, just won a game, so maybe you guys are feeling hot about Kirk, but they also almost just blew a big lead. So maybe you guys think, you know, well, well, Colin, I think, I think, I think before you get into this, you have to introduce uh, the guest. We have a guest here, good old cousin slash roommate slash uh, uh, extreme and Briar Hansel. Great to Sorry, be we here. got two Hansels on the show at once. Good Great Lord. to finally be on Double the show. Double the Hansel. My goodness. I'm going to list off some quarterbacks here, and you guys are going to tell me right now today, not for the future, but right now today, if you are going to Kirk or if you're not going okay. to Kirk. I'm glad you made that distinction because there is a, there are more I, – I have a general idea of some of the names that you're going to list, and there's some that you would say if you're looking to build a team around for the future, yeah, you're going to pick someone else. But right now, today, I think significantly impacts the decision. So I'm excited to hear this list. Okay. So first off, let's start, start a little mild, you know. Let's throw out a Matthew Stafford. Are you going mm. to Kirk or are you not going to Kirk? I want to say to Kirk, but I'm going to say not to Kirk, just because how good Matt Stafford has been this season. Um, he has shit the bed on a couple of different appearances. And I think if you just look at their careers as a whole, it's very similar. Um, but I, I, you can't look, especially after what he did Monday, and not go. Yeah, not, yeah. He's, he's been playing like yeah. shit, but he's really rebounded, rebounded yeah. the past so, couple of weeks. To not Kirk with this one. Okay. I, I, I'm going to have to say not to Kirk. Yeah. As a Vikings fan, mm-hmm. especially me and Colin were just talking about this the other night. Matthew Stafford is going to have two of the top 
receivers in Cup oh, yeah. and Calvin Johnson. Cup and Calvin Johnson to. are going to be number one and two on the all-time receiving yards and season list. Both yep. quarterbacks of or both receivers of Matthew Stafford. Even with the slump, I'd still yeah. say I I would say I think this is a little bit closer than some people think. But I'm yeah, Stafford's been unbelievable. Derek Carr to Kirk. I, I didn't need, I, well, all right, we'll oh, skip shit, me. We that's skip, fine. Okay, no, no, that's hey, fine. That's we fine. know what your answer is going to be, but. I am a big Matthew Stafford supporter. I know. This is not close. I am going to not Kirk. Okay. It's not even close. That's okay. just wrong. Okay. You're wrong. This is, what, this is why we have the segment. So we can, you know, Derek Carr right now today to Kirk or not to Kirk. Who should start off on this one? This is very interesting. You you lead the segment. You, you I, I had the off. last one. So all right. In my humble opinion, be as non-biased as possible here. I'm not going to Kirk. Now, Kirk Cousins will obviously put up better statistics. He'll have more, maybe more passing yards by the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know how close it is. He will have more passing touchdowns. He'll probably have less interceptions. But consider this: Kirk Cousins has a very good run game he has or had for most of the season an Adam Thielen he has Justin Jefferson who I think is a top five receiver in football right now I'm gonna go with two not Kirk because I think Derek Carr provided with a good system is a better quarterback just by just by a hair and the dysfunction that he's had to deal with and still being as productive as he's been I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give Derek Carr um, the benefit of the doubt. I think you make a lot of very fair points with that one. I um, if you if we never revealed our quarterback tier list, but I had these two quarterbacks right next to each other because I in each tier I went in order from best to worst of that tier, and I had these two right next to each other. And my opinion on these two changes every week. Right now, I'm going to not Kirk and also pick Derek Carr by the thinnest of margins. Okay. This this goes back to one of my all-time favorite tweets, and it was tweeted at the beginning of the season. It was, rank every NFL starting quarterback and tell me why Derek Carr is ranked 17. Now, I think that's total BS, but... It, or it was something around there. I don't know if the number is right, but it was hilarious. I laughed out loud. <laughs> um, Derek Carr, I think, is my 17th quarterback. However, Kirk Cousins is my number 16 quarterback. I am going to Kirk. I appreciate the answer. I think both of those are too low by about four spots, but I like the answer. I don't I don't know if the numbers were right. It's you get the point. You get the point I was trying to I make. make my own points. I think they're neck and neck, but what puts Derek Carr just a hair above, a nose above Kirk Cousins is let's say you have a big primetime game. Let's say the Raiders. Here we go. Let's, oh, my God. Let's, play, let's give the 2016 uh, Raiders team around Derek Carr because, you know, that's the best team that he's had. Um, and then, you know, let's you're playing a playoff team. You're to be fair, Carr worked with an offensive-minded coach in John Gruden while he was there. Um, I thought we kind of came to the consensus that John Gruden was one of the problems in Las Vegas. He was still a better – He had a good relationship with Carr. I think that's to be fair. But Mike Zimmer, good... well, Mike okay. Zimmer might be on his way out too. 
Mike Zimmer has been on the hot seat for me for the last three years. Oh, Mike, that Zimmer, guy Mike Zimmer is gone is, after uh, the season. He it, should. Mike, he is a potato sack with a headset coaching football right now. It is insane. It's insane how much Kevin Stefanski did for that team. I love uh, Kevin Stefanski. I mean, I, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. You won't, but I'll say it. Might have held Diggs back a little bit from his uh, true potential, but yeah, I yeah, St- Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. Um, but I'm just saying, Derek Carr has had a much better track record in those type of games. That narrative um, sucks. I hate that. Maybe. Narrative. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Kirk Cousins has been known to underperform in primetime games, in big games. But he – I mean, let's give uh, – a couple weeks ago, Vikings-Packers, 12 o'clock game. It's a big – still a big game. Kirk Cousins did play very well. So I'm not saying that he never does. I'm just saying Carr has had the better track record. He's had more He's – he's been better in the fourth quarter in his career. Briar, thoughts? In my personal opinion, I – honestly would in a heartbeat take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins in any situation just I am the only I, one to Kirk I, I said Carr in this situation I just am not picking it because of the prime time reasons that's so. it's all bullshit thank you thank you we'll see and I the the main reason I wanted to do it this week is because we do have a Vikings Bears Monday night game coming up the Vikings have not. All right, tell you what, if the Vikings lose that game, I'll believe in the narrative. I think, <laughs> I think it's a couple. I think most of the times it's just they play a good team, or it's if not, they play okay. an average team, it's they're playing them on the road. They've never been good in Soldier, though. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. If but if they, I don't know, if the Vikings I, find a way to win this game and Kirk plays well, I will make sure to tweet out tons of content live from Soldier Field about the fact that the Kirk primetime narrative is stupid and <laughs> that Kirk just delivered a Vikings victory. Sorry to interrupt you, Donovan. I know you want to make a point, but I feel very strongly about this. And I'm also a believer that, like, uh, when you're comparing quarterbacks, uh, record should not really be brought up um, because Agreed. this is two quarterbacks that I think we can agree, maybe not Donovan, but I think me and Ben at least can agree are in the – Somewhere in the 11, 13-ish range as we rank quarterbacks. Um, yet their records don't show it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you, when you have dysfunctional uh, head coaches and bad defenses, it makes it tough. Yeah. No, I, I completely on board with that. Give I us mean, the next quarterback. Yeah. The next quarterback. I'm interested on this. Uh, Carson Wentz to Kirk or not to Kirk? This is to Kirk all the way. Carson Wentz um, is in a fantastic scheme with a really good head coach. Um, but I, he's just, you know what you get out of Carson Wentz. And you're, if, if things aren't going, are, are, are not 100% with that system in Indy, he's going to turn the ball over multiple times and give you one like left-handed horrible interception a game where Kirk, at least this season, has not had that because he only has five interceptions the whole year. I completely agree with everything that you said. I, I just am fully on board with that. I yeah. like Kirk Cousins in most situations, but I'm just not a huge Carson Wentz fan at all. It's a big game. I, I'm, I'm going to Kirk. Um, yeah. We did, did just mention I take Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins in a big game. And Carson Wentz, I mean, that game against Tennessee 
he made a couple of terrible mistakes at the end of that one. Um, the game against Tampa Bay, he threw two interceptions that um, probably held them back from a win. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins in this one. Uh, Carson Wentz has a much better offensive line. Um, and I think his weapons are a little slept on. I mean, Michael Pittman's a legit wide receiver one. And they have other guys that can catch the football. I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback, even if Wentz might be having a slightly better productive season. Maybe he's on a better team. Since the determining factor for this question is if you had to pick a quarterback to win a game right now, who would it be? Because of that, I'm going to pick to Kirk. I think long run, I like Wentz. I've I've been a Carson Wentz backer. Um, people forget he stayed if he played the final, what was it, like five games that one year? I think they still would have won the MVP. Yeah, he, he wins the Super Bowl too, or MVP he, as well. Yeah, he he does have a lot of chaos with him, and with Doug Peterson, I think Doug Peterson embraced the chaos, which we saw the good and the bad with that. I think with Frank Wright, it'll be a little more controlled chaos. Obviously, the good offensive line, the great running back, um, will help him with that, but. I think he's in a good system to where I think next year you'll even see him make progress into becoming a top 15, dare I say, top 10 quarterback next year. I believe it. I mean, if you're looking uh, at the numbers and if he can limit the dumb mistakes that he tends to it's make. chaos. It's just chaos. He's, he's chaos in a bottle. You, you shake yeah. it up. It's chaos. Sometimes Next we love quarterback. chaos. We, we love oh, we, I love chaos. That's why I love Carson Wentz. We, chaos. we love Big Ben on occasion because he has a lot of chaotic games, a lot of chaotic moments. Why do you uh, think I'm a Josh Allen guy? He threw for like 300 yards and ran for 100 yards against the Bucs. Yeah, in his first playoff game in the last drive, he just pitched the ball backwards out of bounds. Chaos. Away. Uh, I root for chaos. Uh, this one, I'm going to – okay. Joe Burrow. To Kirk or not to Kirk? This is not for the future. This is for this year, right now. Are you taking Kirk Cousins or Joe Burrow as a better quarterback? Right now, I'm going to Kirk. I mean, they're it's they're Joe Burrow, and even within the next year, is going to blow this question out of the water. But that's not the question. It's right now, and Burrow has been kind of turnover prone and tends to stare down receivers. At least he has with Chase on multiple occasions. So that's that's really the only reason why. If you look at the passing numbers, they're pretty similar. And I, I, I think touchdown numbers are as well. It's just you're you're more likely than not, at least based on this, you're getting one to two turnovers a game out of Burrow when you haven't got that. I mean, you only have one multi-turnover game out of Kirk this year. So that's that's the reason why. I think there's, there's similar quarterbacks right now. Burrow's a little more mobile. But it's right now, Burrow's just a little too turnover prone. So I'm going, I'm going to Kirk right now. I think, um, I think Joe Burrow hasn't proved yet that he is a better quarterback and you're right. He does make a lot of mistakes. He has 14 interceptions this season, which let me check. Um, that may lead the NFL. Yeah, it does. Him and Trevor Lawrence are tied with 14 picks for the most in football. Kirk makes less mistakes. Um, Kirk still does throw a nice deep ball. I'm going to go with Cousins, again, by small margin, this one. I am going to not 
Kirk. Here's why. Burrow is that man. Yes, does he throw a lot of picks? Yes. But I think also just quarterback-wise, I think he's a lot more talented. And you brought up the point, Joe Burrow hasn't proved anything that he's better than Kirk. Honestly, I'll flip it on you. I don't see anything Kirk has done to prove that he's better than Burrow, except not turn the ball over as much. But let's also throw in the fact that Burrow plays in the best defensive division of football. Is it the best defensive division of football? I mean, What's a better, who's better? The I'd NFC have, West, maybe? Really have to think about this. Um, well, you got the, the Ravens defense, pretty solid. Steelers. The Ravens secondary I mean, sucks. Yeah. Humphrey's out. The Ravens defense has been a little underwhelming, but it's still not terrible. Okay, but if the Ravens defense is the worst in that division, I mean. I think you could argue if you take the Jets out, I think the AFC East is the best defensive division. Yeah, but that's not the question. You can't just take a team out. (laughs) I don't know. You got to go up against Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, man. That's not nothing. Briar, are you Kirking or are you not Kirking? Originally, I was going to say not to Kirk, but then I was thinking about like win now situations and everything. And with the Vikings lackluster defense and all that going on in our secondary, I'm I don't want a quarterback that just gives the ball to the other team, you know, and puts our defense in terrible situations. So I'm going to have to Kirk. Okay. I mean, both have good weapons at their disposal. Um I don't know. That, that's probably the toughest one for me looking at it. The toughest one for me was the car one. Cause I think those two are like right next to each other, bro, bro. I know I've said this is going to be really damn good. It's just the fact that he's in year two and is he's now probably played 16 full. Oh yeah. He's played 16 full games at this point. At least he's probably around like the 22 mark in total. So. Um. Do you, would you guys like to throw out any more? How about mm, – we, we, we could do rapid fire. Real rapid quick, fire. Mac Jones. To Kirk. Really? Yes. I'm going, I'm going to Kirk. I will Kirk. No. I will actually not Kirk. I How just, about Jimmy Garoppolo? To Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. I, I think I Kirk – I, I, I would also Kirk. Ryan Tannehill. I'm gonna to not to not to not Kirk. I'm going to Kirk. I'm going to Kirk as well. I'm going to Kirk. I'm going to not Kirk. Yeah, that's 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 a little tough. I mean, Tannehill's having. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. You guys will like this one. Prime Joe Flacco. I'm. Not Kirking. That's yeah. a that's a yeah. Super Bowl MVP we're talking about. Yep, and that's a guy who won against the ultimate Brady times. The yeah. ultimate who's elite. I have to. Is is I mean, like you know exactly what you're going to get with Joe Flacco, but you can say the same thing about Kirk Cousins and the the ability to just win, especially like on the road when it mattered. It you got to say Joe Flacco there. Okay, I think this one's a little more fair. Are you taking? 2016 Philip Rivers or Kirk Cousins this year. 26. Oh, you you got to give me a second to to just like up. okay, That's, just around that time period, like around the 2014 through like 27. Before it's before the elbow, before he softballing the ball. Yeah, 
I think I'm going to go, go to Kirk because wasn't would, Rivers still turning the ball over at like an absurd rate in this one? Was, he was, but he also – I don't know. Yeah, but that was because he had to throw the ball every time because his running back was like Danny fucking Woodhead. Yeah, because he had Ryan Matthews who got hurt every year. And... Yeah. He did throw 21 picks that year, though. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. He, he... Okay, but how many of those came on, like, the last throw of the game? I don't know. You want me to go watch every every Chargers game? From okay, but here's another guy who turns the ball over a lot but was a two-time Super Bowl MVP, Eli Manning or Kirk Cousins. Eli. I mean, that's a Hall of Famer. That's, that's a potential Hall of Famer because of his playoff runs, but he also did – like Ben just said about Rivers, he turned the ball over at a very high rate. He only, he led the league in interceptions. Yeah, that's that's a tough because I I this is like I so that's the debate. Other whether are you taking the more maybe efficient guy or are you taking the guy that is better better in the big moments, but also is like more wild and unpredictable. I think I think I care oh, I more love about the, wild the big moments. I will always go wild and unpredictable. I I know um, you. What about? Ryan Fitzpatrick, but coming off the bench. <laughs> are they down? I'm going to touchdowns, or are they? Oh, they're down. They're down ten in the third quarter. I'm. There's. I'm, I'm, Fitz... to not, I'm not Kirking. Yeah, not I don't Kirking. think I can because when there's zero expectations. But when Ryan just... Fitzpatrick is starting the game, there's no way in hell I'm taking him. Yeah. I mean, that run he went on at the beginning of, what was it, 2019, I'd like to say, with Tampa? 2018. 2018? Yeah. Damn, the years are flying. Um, he had, he had like, the most – he was top three in, like, passing yards ever for, like, his first three or four games. Yeah. Yeah. How about slightly post-prime Carson Palmer? Shit. Okay, was it slightly post prime Arizona Carson Palmer? Yeah, because he, he kind of had like a second prime. The Arizona yeah, Carson Palmer. Yeah, was but it was like it was like it was like good year, blew out knee. Bad year, good year, blew out knee. Because he had the he had the Bengals, and then he went. He was with the Raiders for one season where he wasn't terrible, and then I mean he, he was. That was I a mean, really he, good Arizona team. If I'm taking yeah. if I'm taking Arizona Palmer, I think I have to go to not Kirk because that was a that was a really good Carson Palmer. I'm agreeing. I yeah, I would take I would take Arizona um like 2015-ish. Yeah. I'm taking that Carson Palmer. Yeah. What about what about Minnesota Vikings, Teddy Bridgewater, to Kirk or not? Oh, to Kirk. Kirk by a mile. It's not even close. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Kirk. I, I love Teddy. But that's like the complete opposite when you talk about QB wins. Like Teddy got a lot of QB wins from doing worse than what Kirk is doing now. Because I think Bridgewater right now is a better quarterback than he was in Minnesota. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, reportedly he is looking for a multi-year deal in the range of like 20 to $25 million. Okay, which... now let's – would you, if you're the Broncos, would you – still look to draft someone the next year or two or are you I would to, or would you pay Teddy maybe 20 million a year I would give Teddy I would a one-year deal and then I would try and get I would try and draft a guy because for me I even though it's not a good quarterback class this year I still like a couple of quarterbacks I'm a big 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 Desmond Ritter fan I think he's going to be legit I would only pay Teddy if I had to I, that's my thing on Teddy 
if I'm if I'm Denver, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Matt Corral. I'm looking at uh, that's a good one. Maybe Malik Willis because there's a lot of dynamic quarterbacks. I mean, you got Herbert and Mahomes in that division. I'm looking at a guy who could maybe the highest ceiling. Yeah. Um, are you guys taking prime Baker Mayfield? I'm talking Oklahoma Rose Bowl. Or are you taking <laughs> you taking Kirk Cousins? I mean, I'll go. I'll go to Kirk. I will go to Kirk. <laughs> The thing is, Oklahoma Baker Mayfield won a Heisman, but that's also a yeah. completely unfair comparison. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not I just kind of wanted to first shade it. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Final one, and then we'll wrap up the episode. And we'll wrap up the segment, which we will bring back. To Kirk or not to Kirk? Kirk Cousins, Jay Cutler. To Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. I'm to not Kirking. I was a cut. Yeah, because I love picks, and he was yeah. he was smoking. Cutler, love Cutler. He yeah. could sling it, he sling could. it. He had never found a hole he couldn't throw it into. He never found Great a DB part. he couldn't throw it to either. Yeah. So what? I would rather take a quarterback with the confidence to say, "Yeah, I can fit a ball between four motherfuckers to a five-seven <laughs> punt return receiver." Then Kirk Cousins, who's scared to throw it into like a, a DB. I, I assume you didn't see the absolute dime he dropped in there to Osborne last Thursday, then because that was like 60 I yards in the air. Not. Okay, there's so a, I don't, I don't want to. Thursday night football it. has been rough for me this year. Okay. No, I, there's, there's no way. About. This is a guy we're talking about, Jay Cutler, that threw 26 picks in a season. And I, I, mean, I promise you, I, I love look, Jay Cutler. But what was his best? You're picking out his worst season. What was his best season? I'm just saying, any quarterback in today's NFL throws 20-plus 20, 20 picks. These are 26 picks. He's never starting a game again. Uh, what about uh, – what's, what's okay, the yeah, – oh, James, yeah, James fucking Winston. Okay, that's a ri- – that uh-huh. was it going oh, into a- – Oh, how is that different, Colin? <laughs> did, 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 he went 30 and 30 in New Orleans as a backup. He he was not the starter after that. He was then a backup yeah, quarterback. But Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball five fucking yards. All he had to do was throw a swing pass to Mara for two years, and they won their division. Let's find him. Oh. Jameis winded up in a very good and he had what he got LASIK eye surgery. Jameis is yeah. an exception. The man couldn't see. Yeah, and now he's dancing on a busted fucking leg. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that Jay Cutler's best career year is worse than Kirk Cousins this year. The high physically, because I mean, Kirk Cousins is always a quarterback, though. That's I think I go, I go with the controlled chaos because you it get wasn't controlled. It was I'm standing up. You get a higher ceiling with Jay fucking Cutler. I would argue Kirk Cousins. I would argue you don't get a higher ceiling with Jay you're Cutler. You're insane. If you're in a Jay Cutler's best statistical season, the most touchdowns he threw in a season was 28. He also threw 18 picks that year. Um, I, I'm okay best... with that. Kirk is already about to have more touchdowns <laughs> than that. I, it's a longer season. Um, we have four games left, and he's about to, he already has that many. <laughs> oh, higher okay. ceiling. There's not a higher ceiling. You can't tell me there's a higher ceiling. I, there's a higher ceiling. I don't know, man. Uh, and the and Cutler also has Kirk hit four thousand yards in a season. Yeah, I believe he hit damn near five hundred one year. Five thousand. Yeah. Did, did Cutler ever hit four four thousand? No Bears quarterback has ever hit four thousand. I mean, I think he did in Denver one year. Sure. I mean, yeah, he was he he yeah. was playing under the Bears quarterback curse, so maybe getting maybe getting exactly. that better. 
Kirk, Kirk has won over 4,000 five times and was 83 yards away from 5,000 once. So. Are you taking Rams, Jared Goff, or Kirk Cousins? Which, which one? Like the year two and three or every other year? I'm talking – okay, this is interesting. because Like I'm Chiefs like, game, Jared Goff. Yeah, I'm talking that year, like okay. 2018 Jared Goff. That's interesting, yeah, though. that Golf was, was so good. But I'm Kirking. I am Kirking. But yeah, he had Sean McVay. Was he just a product? I mean, obviously he was kind of a product of the yeah. system. We know that now. But looking back on it now, knowing that he was kind of a product of the system, are you taking that Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? I'm taking Kirk. I'm to Kirk. It's a weird scenario, but. I, I, that's such a tough question because like, if, if I'm looking only at 2018 golf was kind of insane that year, but like knowing that and the fact that he's so dependent on McVay when Kirk has had a new OC every year in Minnesota, I mean, that kind of shows that Kirk's not dependent on playing. So look, I, I just heard a few weeks ago, uh, bears fans telling me too bad. We'll never get to hear what the bears fans are telling him. Oh shit. Uh, only reason I the or the main reason I wanted to start this is because a few weeks ago I heard some Bears fans tell me they take Justin Fields over Kirk Cousins, which is just sounded absurd to me. So I wanted to I I was actually interested in what you guys thought as well. Um, yes, I'm glad we yeah, not it's a, yet. It's a fun not segment yet. for next time too. Now that I know we can do some more like I was thinking only today's quarterbacks, but bringing no, up like, players too. in their prime. I think that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I will just try and bring up Joe Flacco into any possible conversation I can. That um, man is elite. There is not a funnier debate on the internet than Joe Flacco is the elite quarterback. I'm. You guys better be ready. I'm. I'm bringing Blake Bortles up in the next one. So. Oh, it's. No, don't even. Don't give me any. Look, look. We can do no. this with any quarterback. Any quarterback at any point in time to unite us or to not unite us. Oh but shit. But I think. <laughs> this is going to wrap up this episode of Tub Talks. Great one. Great segment. If you guys have any more ideas for segments just like this, you'd be more than willing to do it. Um, but I think for now, that's going to do it for this episode. Peace out. And make sure to catch us on the next episode when we discuss who the best shortstop in Chicago is. <laughs>